I just I don't understand why you have to send me such a nasty uh, such a nasty picture. And, and I'll give context for everyone else at home. It's it's about the WAP, everyone. And uh, John, we've just discussed it very, very little. You don't have my thoughts on the song, on the video or anything like that. So let me give it to you right here. Okay. So the video, I watched it because everyone's like, the WAP! Everyone's going nuts all online and everything, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, I don't know, Facebook, and I'm not on Facebook anymore. I'm just kind of self-deprecating. But a lot of personalities are talking about it. So go on to YouTube, see the WAP, watch the WAP, and it's Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, and a small guest appearance by one of the Jenners, and she does nothing. She just walks and that's it so it is what it is the video is for those of you who've never watched the WAP video it's provocative and that's underselling it as provocative and the WAP stands for something and it's WAP and I'm not gonna say it on here because I think having no context is a lot of fun for at least for me describing it wouldn't you say John I, I would I would definitely agree in the situation so if anybody here is, you know, you go to church every Sunday or maybe you live on a farm or you just you, you go to your you go to your yeah, I don't know, you go to your sewing class. You're not into the very provocative things. I'm being very vague for you. And I wish I never seen these things. So just to start out the video, provocative, crazy. I'm not really feeling it. And I, I'm listening, trying to listen to the music at the same time. So I'm like, OK. Listen to the song without the video. The song sucks, in my opinion. And I like I like some good, like, R&B, some good pop. I, I'll listen to rap, you know. But it's just not not what I like. But some people might like it. That's totally fine. I don't, I don't think the song is good. So, I find on YouTube, someone does a cover of this song. And the song is pretty nuts WAP you don't know what it stands for that's okay you're you're listening to us while you're driving your tractor to work it's okay I'm not gonna ask you to pull over and listen to it on your zoom it's fine so what I found and that I sent to my good friend John here was a video of someone doing a cover of it but it was with like an uh what is it there's violins there's a string quartet there's a a small choir and there's someone playing the piano and the guy is singing this song very beautifully and it's very tasteful very tasteful i like that use of it and mentioning wop and saying it you know spelling it out you know kind of saying it without the what is it called an acronym yeah he's saying the whole thing instead of the acronym wop i send this to john and you know in good faith that it's oh quite a joke and then what john sends me is horrifying and for those of you who know about the wop and what it stands for he sent me a, vi- a, a picture, not a video, or I miss said that. He sent me a picture of Cora. No, not Katara. Cora. Uh, Katara. 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 I'm screwing up here. I'm just so nervous because it's so. I want to throw up for the rest of my life. You sent me Katara waterbending WAP from Cardi B. A still image of that. And I'm haunted by it. It's disgusting. <laughs> I hate it. And I, I just can't. Every time I'm going to think of water bending, I'm going to think of that. I'm going to want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> Why? Uh, just tell me where and how did you find this? Because it's horrifying. Uh, so I found it from a friend of mine, Chuck, who posted it on his Facebook. And I just, you know, I just immediately thought of you. 
And I mm-hmm. thought that I would have the decency to share that with with my best friend. And I'm, I'm kind of taken aback that you're you're so hurt by this. It, it's it's did you know the response I gave back to you said it all of like me, the the gifts of me going like, uh, 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 like wanting to throw up and be like, no, and no, it's just I can see I can see where you thought of me instantly because I sent you a video. But I'm curious, like when you see something like that in general and has nothing to do with the WAP, all the hype about the WAP, if you see something like that is the first thought in your head, like I should send this to my friend, Chris. What do you mean? Just like a meme? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what it is. You and I just talked about that. And I thought that I would help enrich your life by sharing something that you seem to be very passionate about. I'm not passionate. (laughs) Don't don't maybe, don't don't you spread that. Don't don't maybe you. maybe I just misread the room and that's on me. <laughs> I'm horrified. I'm scarred. That was such a nasty video. I would not wish that upon anybody else. I can't. I don't even like seeing any water bending. I'm not going to be able to watch whatever live action show on Netflix is about at the Avatar. I'm going to save that picture and when that show airs, I'm going to send it to you. And it's going to just reignite all of these feelings you have now. And I'm excited. Oh, no. You're welcome. Well, at least you're getting a tingle from this. Yep. Yep. Don't don't look (laughs) it up. Don't get off your tractor. Don't go look at this video. If you know what I'm talking about, don't look up this this picture. Okay. I'm trying to save you, John. I'm trying to save the people of this image you put in my head. I am the savior here and I'm outing you. I'm out. I think you're. I think you're just building it up to where they're more interested in it now. Oh, no. I, I'm counterproductive. Uh, we need to get their mind off it. Uh, this is the Summit Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. I am joined by my good friend John, and I'm Chris, and we are co-hosts for the day. John, what'd you think of the bringing back the cold open for an episode? Man, had to bring it back for the WAP. That means something. Oh, man. Significant. So disgusting. Oh, man, I just took a shower, and I think I need to take another one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, now I'm not saying, I don't want to go back to it, really, but I'm just saying, you know, it's very provocative. If you like it, you like it, but just... Everyone has different tastes. I just think altogether, the song sucks, and it's just, uh, I expect better, you know? Not from these ladies. These ladies can do whatever the heck they want. I'm not their father, but, you know, the the song does suck. I just, I expect better from musical talent, but that's just me, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, you know. You know, Zack Snyder and the garage band version of uh, uh, Hallelujah. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Zack Snyder, because today... Today, we're going to talk about the Emmys, Mandalorian Season 2 trailer, Star Wars Squadron CG Short Hunted, and the PlayStation Showcase roller coaster that it is. So, we're going to dive into it with the more important thing, the 72nd Emmys, John. Ooh, Emmys. Emmys, yeah. It's going to be taking place this Sunday, the 20th, on ABC at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So... It's, it's coming up. I had no idea. So it, it just creeped up on us. You know what I mean? I mean, I think you know how I feel about award shows in general. 
So yeah, you hate I can't, it. I can't say that I'm really excited about this, but I, I mean, it's, it's happening one way or another. It's happening. It's happening, but there's some things that are going to be missing, John, for those out there who do care about the Emmys. John is not one of them. I don't really care, except for when I have shows that I care about. I'm like, oh, this should win this. And then it absolutely doesn't. I'm like, should I watch that show that won? And I'm just like, nah, it's kind of just like one of those events that happens. And I just watch because there's something going on, you know? Yeah, it's it's I just I'm I'm interested, but I'm not like one of those people who takes out the bowl of popcorn is live tweeting it, turning it into an event, taking Snapchat pictures. I just I'm not like that. Just want to see what the commotion is. Kind of like when Sasquatch appears every now and then to see how civilization is doing and then immediately gets scared and goes back to whatever cave he's in. That's me. That's how I identify. Anyways, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is going to be hosting for the third time at the Staples Center to an empty audience. That's cool. Super exciting. Yeah, I would like that experience. You know, no crowd, just a camera, you know, going out to millions. Just basically a monologue. A monologue. Yes. Pretend to be Hamlet. One long monologue. Monologue. I like that word. But yeah, I don't know where to pivot from that, except that there's no red carpet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So a lot of monologues going to happen on the red carpet because there is none. And what else is going on here? Possible live reactions are going to be picked out from the internet i guess the production company is seeking to find them uh seeing that they're genuine so if there's like celebrities watching or people i don't know how they're gonna do it but they're gonna try and get live reactions to stuff so if jimmy kimmel you know says a joke i don't know if a laugh track is gonna come over the picture of a laugh track and by that i mean a picture of a recording of a laugh track on a cassette tape i don't know how they're gonna do it but they're gonna try apparently and then people's attire is going to range from pajamas to professional. I guess the production said pro- executive producers are like, yeah, you know, it's whatever people want to wear. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I get to see somebody in PJs, although I imagine most of Hollywood is not wearing PJs. They're instead wearing robes. What do you think, John? I think life has just become one long Zoom meeting at this point and it's going mm-hmm. to be really weird and difficult to transition back into a normal life where we actually have to wear regular clothes. Yeah. I, I mean, for me right now, like we're not doing this in front of each other, but I'm wearing b-ball shorts, a comfy t-shirt, you know, just, it's just what I'm doing. But, you know, if if I were a madman and at times I am, I don't I, I think I'd be OK just being like, oh, I'm not wearing any b-ball shorts. It's just boxers and no t-shirt. Like, you can do that, you know, over a call or recording a podcast. But I'm curious. I'm curious if we get any sneak sneak peek into people's home attire at the Emmys. I would like to think that they're going to be more professional than that. And like, it's a big event and it's usually taken very seriously. So I'm sure that like some people will take it as a joke and probably be in a robe. But I'm sure that at least some people will at least have the upper half be be formal and maybe just basketball shorts below that. You don't think uh, you don't think Star Lord is just going to have a hat on his dick and walk out in front of a television. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about casual wear, he was actually the first person I thought about. Yeah, there we go. Everyone knows the story about him on what is it? It's 
uh, not community. It's uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Where he actually did show his wee wee on set. <laughs> you had to blur that. I don't know why I wanted to say wee wee, but I did. <laughs> you got to commit, man. You said it. I got to commit. I did say it. Luckily, that's not being put on the Emmys. But uh, that was the first thing I thought of. But going on, uh, the executive producers were saying that they wanted to have a much cleaner and more professional setup to interact with the nominees who are getting awards. So I guess they're trying to avoid using something like a Zoom and, you know, probably have a professional camera setup. I don't know how that's going to work or if that's actually happening, if that was scrapped. But they're going to try and not have it set up kind of like a Zoom thing, which then brings me to think it's going to feel like the NFL draft. And John, if you've ever watched the NFL draft with your in-laws, because that's the only way I imagine it happening. In the NFL draft, they have cameras set up in people's homes and they're just on a couch with their families like the the person who was in college and is waiting to get a phone call is in his in his in his house surrounded by his family and they're all dressed up and he's waiting to get a phone call and he has his phone. He might be playing games or, you know, everyone's just hanging out, not moving because there's a camera on them in the house. And I imagine that the same thing is going to happen here where it's going to be that NFL draft feeling where there's going to be a nominee just in on the couch looking at the television screen with their family and with their kids. And they're just going to be like waving at this camera, but it's not going to be a zoom camera attached to their laptop. It's going to be an actual camera, which is kind of interesting. I'm sure that there will at least be a ton of pre-recorded clips that they'll kind of work in. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be some live reactions and, um, some people actually there in person that's not pre-recorded, but it's it, I definitely think it's going to be a pretty, pretty healthy blend of both. Yeah, I would agree with the healthy blend. And then another thing coming from this award ceremony, this is just between our, our taste in shows. The Mandalorian has already taken away five awards so far for this week. And these are the awards that don't, that don't make it to the main stage, but they just put them out in the week leading up to it. Uh, Mandalorian won Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series, won Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Program, Outstanding Sound Editing for a Comedy or Drama Series, Outstanding Sound Mixing for a Comedy or Drama Series. I feel like that's the same thing, but I know I'm wrong. And then Mm -hmm. Outstanding Special Visual Effects. So, pretty cool. I think that's fair. And I think, uh, if I believe me, correct me if I'm wrong, that The Mandalorian is also nominated for uh, Best Drama Series, which is Yes, cool. it is. Yes. And I think Giancarlo Esposito is nominated for Guest Actor on the series as well. Guest yeah. or uh, Supporting Actor? No, he's not supporting. It's a, it's a guest, it's a guest appearance, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I was like, guest appearance... Okay, cool. That makes sense. Uh, I have two questions for you with this, John. Yes. I have two questions for you, John. Uh, Are you going to watch this? Because I think I already know what your answer is. I think you do know my answer. And my answer is no. Mm. Mm. I would ask you to expand upon it. But I feel like I'm just going to get the same thing we did when we talked about the Oscars. It's just like, eh. I I don't know it. This type of TV just isn't really that interesting to me. I mean, I I like watching shows be recognized for their excellence, 
And I think that, I mean, just kind of looking through the main, like the heavy hitters um, for each award, I think there's a lot of great people up for them. And I think that part uh, is interesting to me, just seeing talented people get recognized for all their hard work. Um, Mm -hmm. But the whole like award show process, just the like the, the live event doesn't really interest me. If, if I could just watch in real time, like, uh, like a feed going of who won what and what's going on. I think that would be more interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't like the, like the scriptedness of it all, like the, dr- the drama that they try and put oh, on. Oh, okay. It, it's the event itself, not that awards are being won. It's, it's the pandering of it. You know, it's not like you, so you want it to be like the NFL draft where it's like hit after hit after hit after hit. Like, oh, the the Bengals are up for selection. They select this person. Yay. And we all go crazy for it. Even though the NFL, they kind of do pander a little bit, but they don't have cutaways for like, oh, did you know that this was shot on a, on a whatever amazing camera and then it turns out that the camera belonged to some dead dude who did some remarkable thing and they worked in hollywood and they know walt disney and all this other crap you're like how is this important can you just can we just recognize the show yeah exactly you're you were dead on when you said it was pandering and i i just it's it's a lot of um like a lot of build-up for just a very uh, much it's a much smaller payoff than I think what they build it up for, and that just uh, like I I've never been a word a fan of like award shows in general. Maybe it's because I don't like the spotlight on me. I don't like that kind of attention, <laughs> so I'm like I'm projecting that onto that. But I, it's just the whole idea of of an award show just is not my cup of tea. I I think you I think you might not like the ceremony itself, but you do enjoy the awkwardness that comes from it afterwards because you do like cringe tv unlike myself and uh (laughs) i remember what was it we were talking about the oscars what happened with uh phoenix oh man joaquin phoenix joaquin phoenix how he was talking about like the cow and the milk and you know being forced to give it up and we were both looking at just like oh man i understand the message maybe the way he said it didn't come out right and i remember watching the whole thing and he's like biting his nails because he's super nervous i'm like i feel so bad for you but at the same time i don't this is so awkward see and that's the thing like it's real moments like that that are interesting to me but all of the the scripted um having to follow like all these different beats to be timed out and it's it feels so unnatural and it's those real moments even like the acceptance acceptance speeches a lot of them obviously are very scripted they're pre-approved but the moments that you get of somebody really speaking from the heart and and speaking passionately um that's that's when i really start to kind of lean into it but it's 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 the authentic real moments that i'm more interested in yeah and we should get it uh we should get it hosted by jerry springer why hasn't that come up or maybe he hasn't we just don't know it I can't imagine why. <laughs> I can't imagine why. And then I have one last question about this for you. Are there any shows or actors that you hope to receive some recognition from the awards, from the Emmys, the 72nd uh, Emmys that are coming? Yeah, up? I think um, probably the most interesting uh, category for me is best comedy series because you have Good Place going up against Shit's Creek, both of which have ended 
or are ending soon. Uh, I think Schitt's Creek has one more season potentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, for for two such iconic shows to go up against each other, um, and even what we do in the shadows, I started watching that, and those couple of seasons are just phenomenal. Um, but to see two shows like that, which are so diverse, but yet so interesting and well written, um, th- that I think is going to be more interesting to me than anything of just seeing who's going to take the 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 award for that. Mm. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I, I I hope the good place walks away with a with a fair amount of awards. I thought it was an incredibly thoughtful and well-written show, but there's just a lot of other really great contenders in the, in the category too. So that's going to be probably the closest race in my eyes. See, I thought about asking you this question because you are to our listeners, the resident television person. I don't watch television. So I miss out on a lot of this stuff. Although I did go over the list. And for me, uh, what I'm interested in is star Wars you know, if they can win a major award, that would be pretty cool for the Mandalorian. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And I totally understand why, because I don't watch TV anymore. And that's why I'm curious about getting your opinion on it, because you are much more well-informed than moi. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's it's also the Emmys have evolved over the years as television has gotten bigger budget productions. So it's not just little sitcoms competing against each other like these are full uh, theatrical level productions competing against each other um, and going head to head. I mean, shows like Ozark, uh, like Euphoria. Oh, Ozark uh, is like so the, good. The Mandalorian, Watchmen, all of these shows are such high caliber and that's almost the new standard for TV. So it's, I think it's become a lot more competitive and a lot more interesting over the years as the production values have all gone up. Um, because then beyond just that, you also have to compete with the writing of these shows that like you may have a, uh, an incredible set, but if you don't have the story behind it, then it's not going to do anything. Um, so I, I think the overall quality of the majority of TV over the years has greatly increased. And if nothing else, that seems to be making these award shows more interesting mm-hmm. because you feel more invested because the, the races are so much closer um, as far as who's competing against who. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I'm very interested in how the Mandalorian does, because the amount of money they spent on those eight episodes is ridiculous. Whoever. Yes. How like the BBC network who produces uh, Doctor Who must be rolling in their graves looking at that price point. But going on, uh, let's go to our next segue. The Mandalorian season two trailer. So, yes, I know I'm very excited about that. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting some I'm getting some incoming news from the hot presses because uh, there's a basketball game going on here uh, in Florida. The Heat are outscoring the Celtics in the third quarter, 37 to 17. This is going into the fourth quarter with the Heat are leading by seven points. They were down at the half significantly miami heat way to go uh just just some some info coming in uh some sports news so yeah for the for the sports people out here it's it's real time and us in the miami area are very excited you know what's even more interesting is that this is going to be released four days after this game happens yeah that's that's true so yeah the the information (laughs) i gave you is either going to be tragically accurate or tragically not accurate 
So luckily, luckily thousands, if not tens of thousands of people don't listen to this podcast. So we're good. But for those of you who do, we value you like 10,000 or 100,000. Wink. Aww. You can't see the wink because this is a, a podcast and, and the smile. But anyways, uh, Mandalorian season two trailer. Uh, yeah, let's discuss it. Uh, and I'm going to go over a few things. What we saw in the trailer, we saw things like a, the new environments, which got me excited. The environments of a city, possibly another place like Tatooine, which we've seen in every single Star Wars thing. We always revisit Tatooine. And to me, that's OK, but some people hate it. We visited an ice planet. Uh, we visited a water planet where people use boats and there's a dock in it too. And then there's another planet with an Imperial base that we see. And what else do we got here? Oh, Sabine Wren played by Sasha Mm -hmm. Banks. People got to see a glimpse of her, which is kind of cool to have a WWE star. They keep on, they keep on going to those MMA or really strong women places like, you know, Gina Carano and all this stuff. That's <laughs> yes, as you know, the really strong women places. The the really strong women places, and by strong <laughs> we mean the muscles on them. So yeah, it it it's pretty cool. You know, women can be built in the Star Wars universe. They aren't frail like Mon Mothma. Huh. Anyways, uh, <laughs> continuing on, there's a cool chase sequence between speeder bikes and X wings, which I found very nice, and we get a vote voiceover from the smith from the the forge forger the smith from the from the uh what is the mandalorian on season one in season one. Oh, sorry i thought that's what you were going what, for did you say seasoning no season one yeah in season one that's when i you know i'm tripping over because i was just my brain stopped for a second because i was thinking of the cool visuals of x-wing speeders and Strong women. Anyways, uh, the voiceover from the Smither from season one, who was in the uh, Mandalorian enclave underneath the planet we saw. We see a return of Carl Weathers and Gina Carano's characters, uh, and they look to be in more colorful clothing. I don't know why, but the 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 clothing design that they had, the costume seemed more colorful or a different color palette than what was shot in season one. And then we also have from this trailer some theories that are coming out about the ice planet that we get to see. People think it's Ilum, which is the planet mm-hmm. that you see in Fallen Order, which in the extended universe has been used for, well, actually in the Clone Wars universe and the Clone Wars, which is canon. It's the planet where the Jedi go to get their Jedi crystals and where people build their their lightsabers, which you do see in Fallen Order. Spoiler. But uh the theory is that it's also the planet that gets converted into Starkiller Base, which is really cool and fascinating. So we might be visiting that planet before it gets transformed to Starkiller. So there's some wild theories about this season trailer, season two trailer. So I kind of just vomited a bunch of facts just so we can discuss it more in detail. But my first question, John, is what are your thoughts on the trailer? I loved it. I love that they they really seem to know how to cut a trailer and that it it shows the tension, it shows the character, shows the environments, but it doesn't really give away any story while still telling the audience kind of what they want the audience to think the story is about. Um, I mean, like, the the focus seems to be for, the, for Mando to bring the child back to its kind. 
but we don't know for sure how much that story is actually going to play into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he's going to be seeking out the Jedi, which is going to lead him to run into um, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, I, I like the theory that says that Ice Planet is Ilum, uh because Yoda's kind seems to be so connected to the Force. So maybe there's more of a history there of his kind and the Kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he might find some more information out about them or maybe that's where he meets ahsoka because she's going back to a place that's really strong with the force to, to maybe meditate or train or hide out from uh from the jedi from everyone um we're going into a time period that isn't really um delved into very much we don't have a lot of context for it um i mean like we know jedi fallen order happens shortly after this series i believe a couple years after no 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 Um, it happens way before fallen order fallen order happens between the prequels and the originals no fallen order happens after because it's after order 66 jedi fallen yeah so jedi fallen order happens after uh order 66 but it's before the original trilogy oh my gosh wow i'm such an idiot wow i'm sorry Chris. No, that's okay that's okay that we we all have we all at. have moments of idiocy and uh i don't even think that's a word but i have it more often than you so you're good you're good good, 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 good. continue sorry to interrupt anyways i just feel like this looks very interesting i love the way they do um uh it's very minimal cg i love the technology that they've developed to uh, show the environments i love the boat I just think that we don't get enough boats in Star Wars and as simple and as dumb as that sounds, it's it's just it's one of the things that makes it feel so tactile and so raw. Um, and I think that's what they do really well with the Mandalorian is show like the dark, the grittiness of the Star Wars universe that the primary trilogies never really hit on in the same degree. Mm. No, I, I agree with a lot of the things you said, except for that, you know, where Fallen Order lies into I'm sorry. it's okay you never played that game so how would you how would you know unless you read it on a wikipedia in which the wikipedia can be wrong sometimes but anyways i digress uh yeah i i love how they cut this trailer i don't know who decided to cut this trailer if it was john favreau who you know lent it out to somebody or they did it in studio i thought it was great i loved the cg it looks like it's much improved from season one as far as the set designs which I'm excited about, although I did see some criticism of people saying the CG still doesn't look that good. And I guess they could be comparing it to something like a Game of Thrones, but it is what it is. I, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this trailer. The big thing for me with it, the biggest takeaway is we're going to different planets. I'm so happy about that. I love to see an ice planet, a water planet. A rocky planet. And even though we're going back to Tatooine, I said it from the beginning, I really don't care. I know some people are like, yeah, we keep on going back to Tatooine. Tatooine is where it all started, to be honest. At least in canon. You know, even though it started in Naboo, if they didn't pick up that stupid kid, you know, if they didn't pick up Anakin, it's a different universe. So Tatooine is important. Also, Luke Skywalker. Important. You know, so that's what that's what my thoughts on the trailer is initially. I'm really excited but are there any improvements you want to see going into season two that uh, should be addressed from season one? I I think I hope that they have more of the focus on the unified story and the plot threads connect, connecting between each episode. 
I mean, like I enjoyed the standalone episodes in the first season, but I think now that they've shown and um, uh, kind of established what the main plot is supposed to be and the importance of the child, um, they have Moff Gideon. I think there's too much going on to focus so much on standalone episodes. Um, so I just want to feel like each episode is leading somewhere and that it's all lending itself to the greater plot. Even if it's just a couple moments in each one, as long as we don't have um, just like throwaway episodes that are fun in the moment but don't really connect with anything, um, I think that's that's good for a season one to kind of establish the world and the characters. But at season two, you've you've established the story, you've established the stakes, you know who the characters are, so you have to keep driving forward to take it somewhere. I, I just want to feel by the end of this season that we've gone a significant distance. I 1000% agree with you because, uh, and I talked with a friend about this the other day, that's my biggest issue with the Mandalorian is the filler episodes. And I know a lot of people say, well, well, the Clone Wars had filler and Rebels had filler. Great. And my, I just, I just, there's a lot of shows out there that don't have filler. Fargo of seasons one, two, and three doesn't have filler episodes. There is a plot line. There may be an ABC plot line going on, but they develop within each episode. You know, it's not tied up in a bow like a Family Guy episode. That tell that style of television has kind of left us the Cheers, the Frasier, and all this other stuff. But there's a plot that follows. But there's filler episodes. And now in this modern age, you talk about Ozark. You talk about Game of Thrones. They have multiple plot lines and nothing's tied up with a bow all within one episode. So when we talk about filler, I want to see less of it. I don't mind if there's one episode, but don't give me a whole arc of something that doesn't really matter. And people, once again, Rebels, Clone Wars, I get it. But that's made for children and for the fans. And as an adult, I want this series to be like a Watchmen miniseries and Ozarks, a Game of Thrones, if you will, where it's all about what the plot is moving us towards. Don't give me something to distract me. Give me give me the meat. I don't want I don't I don't want any like potatoes or I don't want any sp- pasta. I don't want vegetables. Give me the meat. I want this plot and that it that's it. So, I'm I'm glad we agree with that. Exactly. And so when you have the percentage of of time for each episode, if there's only eight episodes, like I said, like the first season is one thing when you're just setting up who and what everything is. But at this point, if the percentage is too high of things that don't contribute to the main story, mm-hmm. then it's going to feel like a wasted space. And I there's just so there's so many things that they're trying to cram into this just from the behind the scenes stuff that we've we've seen already. And if they don't give enough significant amount of time to each uh, factor, like Moff Gideon, like Ahsoka Tano, like the child, and driving, (laughs) and and showing more of his developments. Um, Or, uh, and I know this is just a rumor, but apparently um, Pedro Pascal walked off uh, the set in the middle of uh, shooting season two. So there's a whole rumor going around that they're writing him out of the show and that it's not going to focus on him in like the last (gasps) half yikes i don't know how true that is i haven't seen that on any major uh reporting networks yet but if it's true 
we got to figure that out. So that's even less time with the main character. Is it, is it being reported like by variety or time or is it been like one of those like small time like YouTube or like websites where they're like, oh, this definitely happened. Then you just like, no, you have no sources or anything. It it's definitely not the major ones yet. Um, I'm, I'm I'm just keeping an eye on the story just to see how it develops and, and how true it is. Uh, but it's it's on quite a few different places now. Oh no, I'm gonna have to research that. That's terrifying. You Apparently, know? he just he just wants to have more screen time without the helmet on. Oh, is what is what they're saying, um, and it's it's very uncomfortable. So again, I don't know how true that is, but if that is the case, then that's obviously gonna affect the story. So it's just something to keep an mm-hmm. eye on. If it's a mental health issue, I understand. I, I get that because claustrophobic in that helmet like i totally i totally be sympathetic to that but if it's a get out your if you just like i'm the star of the show which i don't expect from pedro pascal but you know no people talk about ellen so you know you never know show business is weird uh my last question about the trailer is john what are you doing to prepare your body for season two are you doing anything special are you gonna watch a series well well what's on what's on the menu no my body is ready Okay. My body has been ready since season one. <laughs> well, I know that for me, I haven't watched Rebels yet, and I'm probably gonna have to watch Rebels to get more context for this. So just like uh just like I did last year where I watched or no, earlier this year I watched all of Clone Wars mm-hmm. in in lieu of Clone Wars season seven. So I finished that and then watched the seventh season and was like, Oh, that was awesome. Now I'm gonna have to watch all of Rebels going into the mandalorian season two for context so that'll be fun yeah no definitely a lot of great star wars content out there to catch up in the next month wow thank you for setting me up for that segue there was a star wars cg short called hunted that came out on youtube uh that's our next story it's a promotion for star wars squadrons which is a game out on october 2nd it's a star wars dogfighting team game and you dogfight with tie fighters if you're on the imperial side and x-wings if you're on the rebel side and this takes place just after the destruction of the death star 2.0 so uh they release this uh star wars releases this trailer and it's in conjunction with lucasfilm or ILM and it's just such a great short and it, it it's all CG it's not it's not handwritten but it's a CG short that uh just to give you a gist we follow the story of a squadron tie fighter leader at an Imper- it's an imperial story and it's about the leader being left behind by an imperial retreat he misses the retreat and he's stuck in space and we watch him fight in a intense battle with an X-Wing and it, it mostly takes place on a planet, but you see them exit the space theater to go to the planet. You see them go back and forth and you see stunning environment. You we get to see Imperial motivation. We get to see classic star Wars sunset moment. We get to see the rebels appearing as the bad guys, uh, because of our frame of reference. This is an Imperial story. Mm hmm. And through all of that, the 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 leader of this of this Thai squadron, the the squadron is called Titan, and he's Titan leader. His name is Greg. 
which I wasn't expecting, but, you know, Greg, you know, I'll buy it. So Greg is the leader of this Thai squadron, and I'll just, I want to get my thought out there. I loved this CG score. I thought, short, I thought it was amazing. I loved every moment, and I wish we got more of this as our content. Like, as, if we can get a series of seven-minute trailers of something like this, it expands, it's so good. Like, some of the best Star Wars content out there is actually CG trailers, going back to The Old Republic, the MMO game, even though it has nothing, the gameplay and the CG trailer are nothing alike. The stories that come from that, the visuals, the fighting is incredible. So uh, my question to you, John, uh, along with your thoughts, tell me your thoughts on what you thought about the, the short, Hunted. Was this a meaningful short for you? Like, did it, did it, did it hit you anywhere? Yeah, I mean, it, it showed the game design that they have for the whole um, environment, which I thought was beautifully rendered. Um, and, and it also shows that they have a f- bigger focus on story and that it, it seems like this game is going to be more than just a shoot 'em up being out in space, following orders. Like there's going to be a deeper story involved. Um, and, and yeah, I, I love the short. I thought it was really well executed. It showed, um, like I, I, I really enjoy when they show um, stormtroopers or um, parts of the emp- uh, parts of the empire that are more than just pawns. Like these are actual people with experience, with skills, um, that they fight for something, that they're they have um, that human connection. That there's um, there's a deeper level to all of these characters, and so it, it really makes the morality of um, of the war more gray. And I, I just love getting to explore. That's why like we've talked about exploring Finn's story in the, the latest trilogy and how that gives a whole new context to the Stormtroopers. Um, this just does the same thing for me with that, that it gives them more context, more um, emotional connection. And you see that the Empire, they, to a degree, they only cared about themselves and they were willing to leave their soldiers behind um, just to try and survive and, and to see someone do that to survive on their own and to keep to to just stay determined and keep fighting no matter what even when he knows he's stranded and he's probably not going to make it out of there alive to be so committed to his cause uh was a really uh connective moment for me and yeah man just the whole the whole uh trailer was just beautifully done yeah i very much agree uh just to clarify if somebody does watch the the short it is a short the gameplay is not doesn't the game doesn't look like that but the concept is it's going to be a dog fighting game and while it does look good it doesn't look as good as what we saw like this was made with uh lucas arts or not lucas arts lucas arts is gone lucas (laughs) film so a lot of their visual department made this ilm and it's just it looks oh it's it's a cg short for a reason but it just gets you hyped for the game, which is going to, I hopefully explore that. Uh, another question for you is, do you want to see more star Wars shorts like this? Uh, like just more short stories in this, in this style. I mean, anything that explores the world that they have set up and does so in an interesting and connective way would be, I, I would, I would enjoy, I would watch it. Um, 
to see different facets because we've we've really only ever seen the big picture stuff um we've only ever seen like the rebels in quotes and it they're very one-dimensional we've seen the empire and we've seen them be very one-dimensional but then to see little characters like this give it more um depth uh have more character-driven stories like this just adds like i mean like i said like it adds a whole new layer to everything and makes it more um uh like relatable as the audience member because you have something to latch on to like you know that it's not just the empire uh big e like if there's there are parts of it that you can connect with and uh, relate to as characters um so yeah i mean to to get more of these i would i would love that I, even if they were just like short little um uh little clips on on youtube that they put out every couple months i would i would stick around for that yeah and you kind of hit on like my final question about you know investing in different stories like the empire first order or the confederacy of intergalactic systems uh so you know let's do more stories about the bad guys. And you kind of touched on that. And I, I think it, it adds more context to this universe. You know, I know that George kind of made the story. It's like good versus evil, but the hero's journey, it makes it more black and white, which I appreciate, mm-hmm. but show me, you don't have to blend the ideologies. You just need to show me the perspective of the ideology. So we could still have good versus evil. We could still know that the empire is evil but it is still kind of cool to explore them to explore what they're about it's kind of like thanos where people watched infinity war and were like this has nothing this the the main character is is thanos like this is thanos's story like the avengers infinity war is about thanos that specific movie and you understand his motivations you understand his quest and at the end of the day even though his quest and what he's looking for is wrong and you know it's evil, you still get it. You still have it. And that's what, that's good storytelling. So, you know, I definitely agree that they should make more of these things. And I'd be down for it too, because Star Wars itself has made shorts like this before, but in a different style. Like those, they did those hand-drawn, 3D-modeled uh, little kid versions of the original trilogy and moments in the star Wars universe. And they had voiceover from the actual movie. And I think it was also narrated. The beginnings were narrated by Dante Bosco, who voices uh, Zuko in the avatar. Yeah. So, you know, star Wars has done that. They've put that on YouTube. And so I think it'd be something nice to see. I think it would be a nice breath of fresh air with, uh, it would be better than the, normal main series crap that has come out of disney yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. but you know it's more than 100 percent, john 101 percent. well yeah it is but also <laughs> we're talking about the playstation 5 showcase yay so we talked about xbox a while ago and now we're talking about sony playstation 5 because it happened on wednesday september 16th i'm trying to think of the date off the top of my head but i got to watch this live and it was pretty interesting i loved the showcase so at the showcase we saw sony finally revealed the price of the ps5 and its variant discless i have to enunciate dicks discless version (laughs) you said it (laughs) 
Yes, the disc version with the disc drive is $4.99, and the discless version is $3.99. So, yeah, it's kind of on par with Xbox as far as the main the main version is 500 bucks, but the Xbox, uh, the more economic version is $100 cheaper than Sony's. But, you know, you do lose out on certain things. The only difference between the PS5 uh, between its two versions is the hard drive or the disk drive, not the hard drive. The disk mm-hmm. drive is the only difference, whereas the Xbox, it loses out on 4K and it has a smaller hard drive. But going on, uh, the showcase en- enjoyed high praise for games showed off uh, from Sony. A lot of outlets really enjoyed the showcase as far as the games, the trailers. Uh, we got an announcement of the PlayStation Plus collection, uh, which will include bestsellers of PS4 titles on the PlayStation. Basically, if you get a PlayStation 5 and you buy PlayStation Plus, which if it's like five, if you buy it for the whole year, it's 60 bucks, so $5 a month, you get like 12 you get like 12 of Sony's like best first party titles and you just you get them with the service. So, you know, a bunch of games that cost a lot of money for just getting the normal Internet service for five bucks a month. You get this plethora of games and you just download them and play them, which I think is pretty cool. It's basically to rival Game Pass, even though it doesn't offer the amount of services that it does. Uh, still pretty big deal. Uh, it's their response. And then we also got from Sony that uh, PlayStation 5 will be releasing on November 12th for certain markets like the United States, Australia, and Europe. And then globally, it's coming out on the 19th. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't all flowers, perfume, However, the aftermath of the showcase ran into some bumps. And John, by bumps, I mean a steep cliff. (laughs) Did not go so well. Uh, Just to give you some context, pre-orders were not discussed in the showcase, and it took video game journalist and presenter Jeff Keighley a tweet to inform the masses about pre-orders and when they would be available the day after. However, retailers began pre-orders early and in a scramble. Walmart appeared to have started as one of the earliest, followed by Target, and the PS5 sold out universally quickly. People signed up early this month. Uh, people signed up earlier in the month with PlayStation to queue in a line to pre-order a PS5. However, <laughs> those people who were in a queue were given emails that were sent out 10 a.m. Uh, the day after the showcase, and most of the retail retailers were sold out by then. So people who were put in a queue be like, hey, notify me when pre-orders are coming up. Yeah, they kind of missed out. So Jeez. sucks to suck uh, is what I guess Sony is saying. But phrasing for also in the showcase, phrasing for some of the game releases and game exclusives were muddied up a bit or were a bit wrong and required Sony spokespersons and blogs to clear up the date and time exclusive of some of the uh, or would clear up the dates of time exclusives or regular exclusives to get it all sorted out. I kind of misspoke there, but spokespersons and blogs had to clear up misinformation about time exclusive, regular exclusives, and the dates of some of the games coming out. There we go. Wrapped in a bow. So my question for you, John, is given the context of everything that happened with the PlayStation Showcase, does the average person really care about all the mismanagement or is this confined to the smaller hardcore gaming player base 
I mean, as speaking some as someone from uh, the general public that wasn't keyed into that event, but does I, like video games. That does like video games. I I knew that they ran out and that the pre-order part was uh, like they had come out initially and said that they were going to have limited quantities for pre-order. So I knew that that was going to be a stumbling block and that they had sold out very quickly. I didn't realize that all of that miscommunication had happened. Um, so th- that part, at least kind of, I'm sure, was missed by the general public. But they're not really the ones you're trying to sell on all this. Like you're trying to get the fans to re-up on, on your product. Um, uh, people that are on the fence are going to be swayed by word of mouth. Uh, more than anything and the games that are produced they're not really they're not really keyed into the live events um hmm. if they're on the fence at least in my opinion so games like um uh the wizarding world uh was it legacy um, oh yeah the harry potter game yeah that uh spider-man miles morales oh, um, so that trailer was so cool exactly you got to see the, the gameplay it was nice and see, it's things like it's the games themselves that sell the console. Yes. If you don't have good enough games, no one's going to buy your console. And I think just from hearing and reading about these two events, I think PlayStation uh, really took the lead on quality of games that are going to be available at launch. And uh, and having that pass to be able to play high quality PS4 games uh, for an already like a pretty well-established service that you're more than likely going to get... Um, that's also another huge selling point. So if we're comparing the two and if they're competing against each other, I would say Sony took the lead between these two events. Hmm. I, I would I would agree with you. And for someone who is uh, a not a hardcore gamer, but who is so grossly uh, invested in the video game market, the video game journalism, the video game culture... I'm very highly engrossed in it. I really don't care about what happened, like these pre-orders, because if anything, video games has taught me, and movies for that matter, that you always wait a little bit later. Don't pre-order anything. But, you know, people people just can't help it. They got to pre-order. They got to have the first iteration of something. Uh, and I've owned Sony my whole life. Like, I've had a PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, playstation 4 then my playstation 3 exploded so then i got another playstation 3 that was used <laughs> uh and then you know playstation 5 is coming up and i'm i'm gonna get one at some point yeah but i'm not gonna pre-order one it has nothing to do with the pandemic well it kind of does have to do with the pandemic and money but the the point is is that you know i would wait anyways to get one just a little bit you know not for a holiday but maybe you know six months later you know i love games and it's just one of those things that I don't think the average person is losing their their cojones about about not being able to pre-order something. It just it just it doesn't seem like a thing that people like actually get super frustrated about. Now, if people are planning on getting these gifts for their kids for a holiday, I can understand that, but I just I just don't see it to be honest. And that's just my opinion as someone who loves video games and his engrossed culture i just don't care for it that much but the more important question john uh with the context is that is this re is this retailer pre-order fiasco now that it's like sold out of pre-orders and they're trying to get it 
stocks re-upped and all that stuff. And Walmart even said, hey, we're going to get more stock. Trust me, we'll have pre-orders again. Is this a good sign for Sony to see pre-orders already sell out? I mean, like I said, they, they came out and said that they were going to be limited quantities. So I'm sure that they expected to sell out. Um, and I wonder if it's, if it's almost a marketing tactic to put more of a demand on something. I mean, like when, mm. when the switches ran out, uh, were sold out earlier this year, back when COVID first hit, there was such a demand for it that people were willing to pay anything. And people are already posting <laughs> these things, uh, the PS5s on eBay, online, somewhere. Oh, and yeah. I've, I've seen, I've seen them for seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars um, just to just because there's such a demand so it again like it goes back to word of mouth it goes back to the public perception and that demand and so if if it was a marketing tactic i think it was genius um if it's they couldn't produce as much because of covid and they just said that there was limited quantities because they actually couldn't keep up with the demand then that's another story and if if people can't get it by the holidays, I think they're going to be a lot less forgiving this year more than any other. Yeah, that's a good point. But also, you mentioned something that I think about, like the eBay and all those people who buy them and then sell them at a higher price. Fuck mm-hmm. those people. And I'll yep. say I'll say it with a with a harsh tone. Uh, you know, with the swearing. You know, those people are need to go to the ninth circle of hell. You know, I hate people who buy things and then sell them on eBay. Like they'll buy like 10, not 10, like a hundred of a quantity and then try and sell them for a higher price. Go, go fuck yourself. I hate it. I'll be as, I'll be as crude as I can be, you know, cause those people are the worst of the worst. Like that guy in Tennessee who bought all that hand sanitizer and was selling it for way overpriced, like a thousand percent of what it costs, you know, like, you're an awful person. Just go during a pandemic when people need these things. You're going to overcharge people. Obviously, video games is not pandemic-ish, but, like, just why? What? what y- fuck you. <laughs> I hate it. I absolutely hate it. This, you know, you know, make Mr. Trump, of all the things in the world that you could do to help us out, make a law to forbid this practice or send people to jail. Listen, if Bernie Madoff could get away with all the things he does and then end up in a jail where he can have a nice steak every single day, make these people like get in trouble too. And I don't, and I just send them to jail. I hate it. I hate it. But that's me ranting and raving right there. I agree that it could be unforgiving if, if uh, it isn't fixed as far as the supply when we get to holiday, because the pre-order is one thing, but supply when you're buying is more important when we get closer to that time Mm -hmm. i do find it very interesting that this is kind of giving me flashbacks of the the original nintendo wii okay because you do mention the switch and the shortages we're having that's mostly because of the pandemic and i'm just thinking about holiday where when the nintendo wii came out like everyone wanted to buy one for the holiday and people are going crazy for it. And this is kind of getting a similar vibe to me about it. And every almost everyone had a Wii and then they all disappeared. I don't know why, but I, I think I think this is a good thing for Sony as far as the pre-order fiasco because it kind of shows you that people want the new PlayStation. There is a huge demand for it, which is 
a good telling sign. And if we have another we situation, it's how you it's how you combat that. It's how you answer answer the call. It's how you fix it. And uh, Nintendo, when it comes to fixing things, Nintendo usually has a weak response. So if Sony wants to learn something from what happened, if if there is a shortage going into the winter, it's a holiday. I'm just curious on how they meet that expectation because I do know that they aren't shipping them by boat. To meet supply, they are sending planes to deliver these PlayStations across the United States, which is rather insane and super costly. So we'll see how it works out for them. Wow. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, that's going to take a lot more money, a lot more manpower and time to ship all these things over there because you can't fit as much on a plane as you could on a on a long cargo ship. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna be real interested interested to see if they can keep up with the demand. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for the video game market. Uh, but that is all the time we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, just to give you all an update on your sports. Holy, holy shite. The Heat are leading 105 to 101 with 7.4 seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Celtics were up. The Heat is somehow making a miraculous comeback. I'm going to go watch and see where we are. Uh, But yeah, thank you for joining me, John. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. And John. Yeah, every week john will be in the driver's seat next week hopefully something spicy happens in the news that he can get a hold of oh and it's the end of the game 106 to 101 oh yeah miami heat go fuck yourself celtics and go fuck yourself dude he's gonna sell overpriced ps5s <laughs> tell me how you really feel chris I I, I I i it'll take another 10 minute seconds and we don't have that kind of time but everyone have a wonderful week we'll see you next time Bye. Bye.